Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. So I'm a father of what? I gotta find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. It is time for one of our favorite shows of the year here on First and Pod. Thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing, telling a friend as we are trying to grow this thing bigger and better into year two of First and Pod. An AFC preview where we will ask the big question for each and every team. You know the drill for the podcast, every team, every game, every week. This is the AFC edition. The NFC edition will be out in a few days. And then our pod three episodes from now will be a full week one breakdown. So Pony, the Chiefs are obviously the favorites. They are the defending Super Bowl champions but they have a huge distraction on their hands with Chris Jones. Does the Chris Jones situation scare you off the Chiefs being a deserved favorite? Uh, Kind of. I would not bet them to win the Super Bowl right now, in part because I don't like taking the team with the shortest odds, but also you know, for as much as I trust Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and their offense to average 30 points per game again, and maybe even more than that, actually, because you figure Kadarius Tony offensive line should still be really good. It was one of the best in the league last year. Pacheco goes into his second year. I I, I trust that unit to be the strongest in the league. Um, but I think it's possible that the defense is below average. I think it's in play that the defense is actually maybe the 20th or 25th defense in the league. And part of it is because of the Chris Jones situation. Um, you know, he's threatening to take the holdout into the season. Do I think he will? No, I don't. Uh, but even if he's back, Danny, week one, you've got McDuffie, who I think will get better as a corner this year. They lost Frank Clark. Uh, their safeties are new. Sneed's a very good player, though. Yeah. Yeah. I look, I think they're I think their offense is an A plus, and I think their defense is maybe a B minus C. C plus right now. Well, listen, if you think that Chris Jones is going to be there week one, then I don't really think that there's much reason to be concerned at all. I think that the reason to be concerned is if he really wants 30 million per year off of 19 and he wants to shatter the defensive tackle market. Like if he, if he means what he says, he ain't playing week one. And then of course they have problems because he's one of the 10 best defensive players in football. So you take him off of that team, and it's a massive issue. So I guess I'm a little confused. Like you said, you're surprised or you're concerned, but then you think he's going to be there week one. What's the concern if he's going to be there week one? I still don't think they have a great defense. But then it's, you're not worried about the Chris Jones situation because they well, well. But hold on a second. I, when I say I think he's going to be there week one, that can be fifty-one percent to forty-nine percent. I'm not 100% convinced he's going to be there week one, but if I had to pick one of the two, I would pick yes, just because I don't think a guy is going to you know, hurt himself. Big picture. He's under contract. I don't think to make a stand, he's going to like that. Like they could find him. They won't. But I, like he's, I don't think he's going to deprive himself of millions of dollars in game checks to like hold out for that amount of money because I don't think Kansas City is going to blink on it. 
I, I also think that there is something too. Like he obviously Chris Jones is not as marketable as Pat Mahomes or Travis Kelsey. Like that's the understatement of the century. So he needs to make his money from football, even though he is plenty marketable. But I do think it's an extra tough look in the locker room, even though players are super supportive of guys getting every dollar they can. When Kelsey's not the highest paid tight end, he's, I think, third right now after the Hawkinson deal. And Mahomes is like ninth for quarterbacks. And they both openly talk about giving money back. And Pat has even name-checked Chris Jones for it. So I do think that there will be some pressure on him. Hey, man, we're a Super Bowl contender. We need you. We've all given money back here. Let's let's get this thing together. So I, I expect Chris Jones to play, personally. And if he does, then you think that they are far and away the best team in the NFL. You don't have doubts about their defense like I do, even with him. Well, I mean, again, like they they don't they've never needed to be the best defense. You know what I mean? They they they've never all they need to do is be league. They out. played like a top ten defense in the second half of last year and were great in the Cincinnati game. They were great in the Cincinnati game, and Chris Jones had two sacks in yeah, that. He looked game. like Aaron Donald in that game. Yeah, so Chris Jones was a huge part of it. So I do think that that absolutely matters uh, when you start thinking about these guys. Like I Again, I don't think the defense is great by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think that they're in a situation where if you think he's playing, there's really not that much to be concerned about because he's just he, – he's a difference maker, and I think that they know he's a difference maker, and I think he knows it too, and I expect him to play. Like if we if we both would bet on him being there week one, it's ultimately I just... wouldn't bet on it. I wouldn't actually put money down on it, but I, I, I would I would I would expect he would be there, but I'm like 60 40 or 55 45 that sure. he's there for week one. But I don't think he's going to week eight or week nine, even if he's not there week one. I don't think he'll sit out half the season, which is something that's been thrown out there. Uh part of the reason why uh, the Chiefs might be, for most people, the absolute you know lock to come out of the loaded AFC. Is because the next team, the Bills, uh, there are some questions about Danny as far as what they lost in the offseason. Von Miller is going to start the season on Pup. Uh, have the Bills missed their window to win a championship, in your opinion? No. I, I know we talk about them, and I know I'm higher on them than you, uh, but I think that they – have a superstar quarterback who is in his prime and is going to be in his prime for a while. And the guy puts up numbers each and every year, 4,500 yards, 30 touchdowns. That's the, that's what you get when you have Josh Allen period. So I think it is similar to what Joe Burrow said in Cincinnati when he said, our window is open as long as I am here. So I absolutely think that there is some drama I think that there is some reasons to be concerned about Buffalo. Like, and if they don't start hitting in the draft, then they will never have a window, but that's on the organization. And they have been pretty damn competitive, even without getting a lot from their rookie class, which is why they've got a top heavy roster. But no, I do not believe that their window is closed when they've got a top three or four quarterback in the NFL squarely in his prime. I think that they are going to be a force to be reckoned with for years to come. Well, I think they'll they'll have better opportunities, but I don't think it's this year. Like I think something's got to change there. And so when window with this team, yeah, I think they're going to have to reboot it. I think the defense, the secondary that they're counting on were guys that were great 2 or 3 years ago that are coming off of injury, who I think it's a lot to ask for them to be the same player they were in the past talking about guys like Poyer and Hyde and White and those guys on the back end of things. Uh, I don't know what Von Miller is going to be. I think, you know, you hope that in his mid-30s, he recovers from this and is back to being an elite pass rusher. I wouldn't hold my breath there. I think their offensive line stinks. I think the, I think the right tackle is a major, major problem. They've got a rookie guard who they're keeping their fingers crossed on. I think their running game is their quarterback. And I think they've got no real number two wide receiver the offensive coordinator. You don't think don't Gabe think. Davis is going to is legit and will bounce back? No, he wasn't last year. He was he bad. A, he was bad. He was he was bad last year. He was bad last year. But we what eight touchdowns the year before something like that. I think they and should. He, I think they should have brought DeAndre Hopkins in. I think they're going to regret that. 
I think that was a mistake. I, you can say what you will about Hopkins. He doesn't get open. He makes a lot of contested catches. Diggs was, you know, pulling a hissy fit was part of that because he didn't want competition. I have no idea, but I think they're going to regret that. Um, the guy that was supposed to be their slot receiver last year, they, they got rid of McKenzie and he just got cut by the Colts. So I don't think their wide receiver evaluations internally have been very good. And I think the coordinator might stink. I think Dorsey might be bad. I think that obviously Allen is able to overcome bad play calling, but I think we saw last year that there's a big difference between Dable and the guy that's there now. And I think when we're talking about narrow margins in a competitive conference, that that's, it's, I'm picking them to miss the playoffs. I don't have Buffalo in my playoffs this year. That's become very trendy with how tough, with how tough the division is. I, I'm not willing to go there uh, with seemingly a lot of people, frankly. I feel like a lot of people uh, believe that that is just the, the destiny for this team. I still, you know, I, I like the Jets a lot, but I'm not willing to put both the, the Dolphins and the Jets uh, over them. The team then that I assume you think is the biggest challenger to the Chiefs would be the Cincinnati Bengals. They survived the uh, Joe Burrow scare. Do you believe that this is their year and the year the Bengals break through? I think this is their best shot. I think this is the best chance to do it because they haven't really lost substantial pieces or parts yet because of a Joe Burrow contract or something like that. Bates left for Atlanta. They lost their safety, but they've drafted safeties and corners with first and second and third round picks the last couple of years. So they're banking on those guys, you know, living up to where they were picked. So there's some question marks there, but it's not like they've completely left the cupboard bare at those positions. I think their front seven is very underrated. It doesn't have any stars, but I think they're all good players. I think the major questions for them are tight end and running back. But I mean, if, if running back's a question, I think you're doing okay for yourself because you can find running backs anywhere. And tight end isn't as big of a concern when you've got the best three receiver core in the entire NFL. So the coordinators didn't leave Danny. There's no turnover there. I think this is their best shot. I don't think they might not have a roster this loaded ever again in the Joe Burrow era. Well, that was what I was going with was like, they're all saying the right things about the contract stuff, but it is so tough to in a salary cap sport to keep this many guys happy with that many mouths to feed, both with one football on the field and a salary cap sport and that amount of money to go around. So it's absolutely in play that this is the most talented roster that Burrow has for a long time. And I think he's a stud and I think that he's going to be in the playoffs, you know, seven of the next 10 years. I think, I think he's absolutely fantastic. Now my friend, Dr. David Chow, you know, I like Dr. David Chow. I want to get him. I know you do. And I know our friend Nick Wright does as well. Dr. Chow thinks that this calf strain is something that lingers that can easily get re-aggravated. So that is the, that to me is the monkey wrench in all of this. If this is something like it's a different body part, but if, if it's something like the Stafford elbow, that is just like a concern the whole year. And we, we come on the podcast to start the 2024 season. And we say, well, you know, the Bengals didn't do what they wanted because Burrow was hurt the entire year. So his down numbers, like, you know, put an asterisk on it or take it with a grain of salt. I think that that could happen, but no, I'm still looking at the Bengals at the moment as one of the best teams in the entire NFL. So do you like him for MVP? No, I think the odds are too short. Yeah, but I mean, you know, it's narrative based. If that sure. guy wins 12 or 13 games and he doesn't have one and he puts up an absolutely monstrous season, which you think he can, there might be some voter fatigue on, on Mahomes. It's usually one of the top guys uh, who, who gets there. So I don't. I think that him and Hertz are pretty damn good bets, honestly. As guys who will put up monster numbers, they're top five in the odds, but they haven't done it yet. So voters tend to look for the new guy. Uh, let's talk about another MVP: the Ravens. Uh, Lamar Jackson. Will the offensive transition work in twenty twenty three? I think it's going to. I think it's going to work. Now. I don't think that he's going to become an elite passer. So I think we have to define work based on how we wrote this question. 
but he played in 12 games and completed 62% of his passes. I would take the over on both of those numbers. So based on that definition, your MVP quarterback performing better in the passing game and being upright longer and playing more football, yes, I think it will work. It is by far the best collection of pass-catching talent that Lamar Jackson has ever had. He's got like four former first-round picks as wide receivers on the team. Now, I know Odell Beckham was a first-round pick a while ago, and Nelson Aguilar has not exactly lived up. Yeah, a couple of those are busts, Danny. <laughs> well, but I mean, it's, but I mean, they, my point is they have talent, and they are different types of receivers. And Zay Flowers, by all accounts, looks awesome, as does yep. Mark Andrews. So even if Odell has injury questions and Aguilar has been a bust for, relative to his draft position, they're not. those aren't the number one guys, the number two guys. All of a sudden, you look around Baltimore, and – you see a team with, by all accounts, unbelievable chemistry, totally bought in, a quarterback who's totally bought in, the best group of skill guys that Lamar's ever had. I think that he is in line for a massive statistical season, a great fantasy season. And so I think by that definition, the transition will work. Yes. So I'm not as high on this. I don't think it will. Um, I think one of the things there that has happened under the radar as I think gradually since he won his uh, MVP, the offensive line has gotten worse and worse. Now it's not a liability yet, but it also isn't a strength like it was when, you know, they were by far the the strongest and the best rushing attack in the entire league. Um, You know, he has just not been a good downfield passer in his career. He's not excelled at that. I don't think that the light I don't think the light bulb goes on now because there's a different guy calling the plays and there's better wide receivers. I think they're going to be a team that is stuck in no man's land with him. I think they're going to continue to prioritize the long term, which is making sure that he is available and upright and playing. And I don't think they're going to completely make him a pocket passer, but I think they're going to try to trim the designed runs way down where they're not going to ask him on plays to run the ball. It's going to have to happen organically. So I don't think the defense is going to be as much of a help as it has been in years past either. They've got injuries in the secondary. Humphrey's going to be out at the beginning of the year. Where's their pass rush going to come from? So, no, I don't think it'll work. Like To me, will Lamar transition work is not just about, oh, he played 17 games. It's is he going to, is he going to win playoff games? They've won 14 games in the regular season or 13 games. He's won an MVP award. He's put up huge stats. Are you winning games in January? And my answer is emphatically no. That will not happen for them this year. Well, that is a very different question than will the transition work? How? You know? What? Like, isn't the transition working like will? I mean, isn't the tra- isn't the transition all about winning games in the postseason? I mean, I guess. I mean, it, to, to define, defined that way. But I would also – there's more things that go into it. Quarterbacks have great years and don't win games. Like, they, they don't win in the postseason. The team might be worse. You're right, the offensive but line. But don't you think they're past that there? Well, yeah, but you talked about, like, the defense. I mean, you you, you talked about the like, – what is the defense not being good and where's the pass rush coming from? Like, what, what does that have to do with Lamar and the transition? Because not it's worse. complimentary football. If the defense is – if the defense is giving up a lot of points and they're playing from behind and they have to be even more of a pass first offense, I don't think that that didn't they have like that stat for the longest time where like when they fell behind by double digits, he had never won a game. Yes. Right. So, I mean, to me, like those two things are intertwined with them. Well, how I guess how I see it is that in that, in that scenario, he is like, I, I don't believe that Lamar is going to stop running the football. Like, I, I don't believe that. Like, there might be fewer designed runs. He might be asked to do it more in, like, key situations, do it in the red zone, third and goal, or third and short, fourth and short, that sort of thing. But that still makes him very valuable. I still think he's one of the most dangerous players in the entire league. So I do, I do think that he's going to have a massive season. How much that translates to the team itself, obviously, is more than a fair question. Uh, it's just, to me, the type of thing where I wouldn't bet against that talent. Personally, I'm not ready to bet against him as a as an individual talent. Uh, the Jets have an absolutely insane amount of hype, Pony. Um, 
Is it too much hype at this point? Is it legit? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast you hear that your dog knows spring is coming sooner than you think dog walks dog parks playing fetch all the stuff your dog loves to do with you but the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back Fleas and ticks are in the grass, in the woods, and even on their dog friends. Fleas are an itchy nuisance, can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot, but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMeds has your furry friend protected with the best products to prevent flea and ticks all year long. PetMeds pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best products for your pet. PetMeds offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. And PetMeds AutoShip helps you save even more with additional discounts on regular shipments of PetMeds, dog food, and other high-quality supplies. So get ready for all the spring fun now. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com and promo code PODCAST. Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit ClickUp.com to get started. Okay, so would you agree with me that if you told Jets fans that their season ended wild card weekend, that would be underachieving at this point? Yeah, they would say that's a huge under. Yeah, I mean, dude, they they got Aaron Rodgers to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think they're going to win 10 games, maybe 11 games, but I don't see them as a team that's going to win, you know, two playoff games and we're going to be at the penultimate weekend of the NFL season and we've got Jets and Chiefs. So, because the hype is so out of control... Like it's turned into like basically like a final four bus type season for them. And I don't think that that's going to happen. So I guess is the hype legit? No, because I think they're going to fall short of that. I think that they will fall short of winning the Super Bowl this year. That's obviously the odds on favorite. Okay. How about championship weekend? I mean, my pick would be Bengals Chiefs. Okay. So, so how about divisional round weekend? I do think they make it to that. How do fans feel about that at the end of the day? Disappointed. Disappointed. Dude, I said I said it off the top. The, the goal is a Super Bowl. Th- this is one of the most hyped teams we've seen in a decade. It's not the most hyped, but it is certainly one of the most hyped teams we've seen in a decade. I think their offensive line is going to be a big problem for the off for Aaron Rodgers overall. I think for a 40-year-old dude with that offensive line, he's going to run into some issues. But their talent level at every level of the team outside of that is legit, man. See, I think the the offensive line issue more than anything else is going to be like, I don't think they're going to be able to run the ball that effectively. 
behind it. And yeah. I think it's and we saw with like AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones how much like Rodgers like wanted he called the shots. He wanted like more of a balanced offense. He didn't want to throw the ball 45, 50 times a game, whatever, 40 times. Um, I think that's going to force them to throw it. I think he's going to get frustrated by it having to get the ball out so fast on plays. Um, so like it's it, it, it's it's a tough question because this is the longest playoff drought in the entire NFL. And Jets fans are so starved for the playoffs. If they have a year where they win the AFC East, beat the Chargers in the first round of the playoffs, and lose on a last-second field goal to the Bengals, is that a scenario where their fans say, you know what, he's 40, but we think he can play until he's 43 or 44. We'll run it back next year and be better. Maybe well, they, it is. Listen, they're, they're going to run it back. I mean, the fans don't get to actually run this thing. So if fans are disappointed – I mean, the, they, they'll live with it, and they've been disappointed every damn year of their lives. Like, it, as long as he is healthy and he doesn't retire at the end of this year to go do a bunch of drugs, I mean, they are going to be much better, much more interesting, and they will tinker, and there will be hype for them going into next year. If he wins a Super Bowl, I could see him retiring and everybody being happy with that. But based on everything he's saying, yeah. I don't think this is a one-year experiment. For Aaron Rodgers. Me neither. It just, unless it goes, unless it's like a Matt Ryan, Russell Wilson type yeah. season there. Which, which neither I one don't of us is see happening, Me by neither. the way. I don't see that happening. I think this is your question. The Chargers, are we going to talk ourselves into these guys again this season? Why wouldn't we? <laughs> other than, and this is a big other than, other than Mrs. Lincoln, how is the play? I understand other than the division in which they reside, we would be picking them to win most divisions in football. Not every division, but they would not be a three-to-one underdog to win the division like they are in the AFC West. So, so then, what are the divisions they'd be picked in? I mean, they'd be picked in the AFC South. They would be picked in the NFC North. They would be picked in the NFC South, and they would probably not picked over Niners, not picked over Eagles. I mean, picked an AFC North too. Close Bengals. Yeah, it'd be close. No, would not. It'd be close. I think it's only the NFC. I think it's only the NFC North and NFC South, brother. Because even with the Jaguars, oh they no, no, AFC South. You wouldn't pick them over the Jaguars in the they South. They lost a playoff game to them. At some point, don't the results have to matter? I've no. said this a million times with the Chargers, and no, we're right back to it. They're the one team in the NFL where people just ignore results because their eyes tell them that the team is much better than what they actually achieve on the football field. And we're doing it again. It's deja vu. You just said they would be picked over a team they lost a playoff game to. Yeah. Yeah, that happens. On, the, on what basis? On what grounds? Who do you think would be favored on a neutral field? Uh, who do I think would be favored? Yes. Probably the Chargers, but narrowly. Okay, and then, I would, then on that basis. And I would be, but I would be on Jacksonville. Okay. Well, that's a different question. <laughs> I mean, they've got better Super Bowl odds than Jacksonville, and the Chargers are in the Chiefs division. So, I mean, that that I guess you're right about that. They would be favored to win the AFC South, but that doesn't seem right to me. Well, that's fine. It doesn't have, it doesn't have to seem right to you. I'm just saying I, I think that there is with, with with the Chargers, their roster is certainly one of the 10 best in the NFL. And in terms of overall talent, I think it's borderline top five. So the hype is amazing. They need to stay healthy, not blow games on special teams, have imp improved coaching, and Kellen Moore should help that tremendously. Brandon Staley needs to revert back to what he used to be, which was an aggressive, interesting football coach <laughs> and not an objective coward. And they should be in line to win 11 games and make the wild card and be the team that absolutely no one wants to play in the AFC. Like, I think that that is very in play for where this thing is going to go for them. But, of course, I've lost money on them every year for the last, like, four years. Um, this year, you're not making the mistake of picking them ahead of the Chiefs, just to be clear about that. Of so course not. Of course not. Of okay, course so we've not. at least learned that lesson. 
<laughs> yeah, last year. I'm a slow learner, but I, ha I have I have learned that lesson. Yes, sir. Um, all right. The Miami Dolphins, a team you love, is a healthy Tua the only thing this team needs? Is that all that's standing in, them, in the way from them in greatness? Uh, it kind of feels that way to me. Like, I feel I feel like the reason why they're down this low, it, why, like, we this is sorted out by how this we, we've put our rundown together based on where teams are in the odds. So that's why the Chiefs were first, and we've done a half dozen teams ahead of them. I think it's because it's baked in that there's just the expectation that he's not going to be right again. Or maybe, like, he plays, but lingering stuff from concussions, I don't know, like, his passer rating, I believe after Mahomes, was the best in the NFL last year. He has an excellent play caller. He has the best wide receiver tandem. Maybe it's 1-1A one one with Cincinnati, with Waddle and Hill, when both of those guys are healthy. Um, Bradley Chubb's got to be better than he was last year after they made that trade. Like, I, They bring Vic Fangio in, Danny. They've got maybe one of the best defensive coaches in the entire league now. So I feel like if Tua had not had the concussions last year and finished the entire 17-game season and put up the numbers in the second half that he did in the first half, they would be ahead of the Dol they would be ahead of the Chargers, maybe, or another team or the Ravens in this conversation. So it's You've never been a Tua guy, so let's just get that out there. Yeah, no, I've, I've, exactly. I've, I've never been a Tua guy. He is very impressive when he played. I've told you this. I've said it on the pod. I, I don't think I was proven completely wrong uh, when the backups came in and the offense completely fell apart, but it was weird. We talked about it last year. The most impressed I was with Tua was when Tua didn't play because it proved that it wasn't just a product of the the system. and McDaniel. It wasn't like a San Francisco situation. Correct. And I was wrong about that. And I've given Tua that amount of credit. He is crazy accurate, and the team did not function without him. So he is clearly uh, an additive player. He clearly improves the production of the team because of him. He's not merely along for the ride. But – a health, but there are questions about his health, and he's not close to be like we would laugh if someone said he was a top five quarterback in the AFC. Like he produces at an elite level still because of the guys around him. I do not believe that if you put him on Jacksonville and you put Trevor Lawrence on Miami, I don't think there there is a single thing that steps Miami back offensively, and I do think Jacksonville is worse offensively like I do not believe him to be a superstar talent at the position even if he's better than I thought so is it all they need it's their only hope but I don't I still don't believe that Tua can navigate them through three playoff wins in the AFC uh just so where would you rank him among quarterbacks then in the NFL around 10 maybe 10 or 12 I did not think you were going to put him that high. I thought you were going to say like maybe like 15 or 16. Yeah, maybe tw yeah, maybe 12. To uh, a Jared Goff or Geno Smith. It's the perfect tier because they all have awesome situations. I take two over both of those guys in a heartbeat. I know you would. Um, man, I think all three of those guys are going to have huge years though. Especially Geno. How is Geno not going to have a big year statistically? I mean, look at all the weapons he has, Pony. Uh, Jacksonville, why do the odds makers have them so low in the AFC pecking order? Please explain this to me like I'm your how old? Four-year-old son? Three-and-a-half-year-old son? Three-and-a-half. Yeah, he turns four in January. Um, you don't want me to explain that to him, or like you're him, because he'll just get distracted and go hurt his younger brother. But what I would say, I don't. I, I agree with you. Because if you look at them to win their division – they're one of only a few teams in the NFL that are a minus favorite to win their division. Like everyone else, you know, plus 140 is the is the favorite for a division. Plus 130, whatever. That they are an odds-on minus money favorite to win. So that means they're making the playoffs, according to the odds makers, and they're getting a home playoff game. 
I think it's just that people think it's too big of a leap, like too much too soon. That's all I got for you, buddy. I know that you seem you seem unsatisfied. It reminds me of what happened last year with Cincinnati. They went to the Super Bowl, and then the the reaction from the odds makers was, "Yeah, that was kind of fluky." Even though Burrow is the man and Chase is phenomenal, let's put their win total at nine and a half. And you and I were both like, "Wait, what? Right? This is absurd." And that is my reaction to what's happened with the Jags. Okay, do they have some offensive line questions? Yeah, yes. their left tackle will come back from his suspension. The other guy, Walker Little, was not a complete sieve. He wasn't that bad. I think it's probably an average offensive line. I think the quarterback will make the line look better by getting the ball out and also being someone that's mobile and can get away from people. He had five rushing touchdowns last year. Uh, I think Ridley, although he might be a tad overrated, I see where he goes in fantasy drafts, and I'm like, holy shit, I didn't think he was like, that good. The but, reports out of camp, though, are that he's been incredible. Well, then, like, even more reason to like them because Kirk surprised everybody last year, and Ingram can be their third option, plus ETN for a full season. And the defense— as ETN doesn't fumble the ball, and I love the draft pick, the kid from uh, Auburn, Tank— Is it Tank Bigsby? Is it Bigsby or Gigsby? I think it's I think Bigsby. it's I think it's Grigsby or Gigsby. Tank, Tank Grigsby. Yeah. Grigsby. Well, I mean, but again, look, the reports on him have been amazing. And they needed a complimentary back for ETN for inside the five and the short yardage stuff. So I I, I actually think that the weapons that he has is top ten in the NFL. And, and they've got a lot of first round talent on defense and a lot of young talent on defense. And you think like Walker and Devin Lloyd and Josh Campbell Allen. and those guys and Josh Allen will be better this year. So in a second year of the system. So I think that the Jags are going to finish with uh, the second best record in the AFC this year. I've got them Behind as... the Steelers? Uh, no. I think the Steelers... Well, actually, maybe. We can get to them in a little bit. But yeah, that, w- that, that would seem right to me. That's possible. Okay. Uh, the Cleveland Browns. The team you love to hate. The analytics community. Oh, here we go. I can't wait to rail against these guys. They love them, Pony. I know they do. They can't get enough of them. It's annoying. Do you you see the argument? Well, okay. So people have said, well, did you see Deshaun Watson before the suspension? Yes, I did. He was excellent. He was one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. You know know what this reminds reminds me of? The Carson Wentz narrative. Carson Wentz, before he hurt his knee, was looked at as one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL up and coming. But something ha- something happened along the way. The team won the Super Bowl without him. And I think it mentally effed him up. And I don't think he ever recovered from that. And he became thin-skinned and he sparred with coaches and teammates. And like I think he completely lost his way as a professional athlete when that happened. There's a reason why so many of these athletes talk about confidence and mental game and all that and how that's so vital to what they do. I think this dude has lost it. He had They had eight offensive touchdowns in the six games he played last year. You can't tell me that there weren't guys in that locker room who were with Jacoby Brissett, who every coach says is like miscongeniality, that there weren't people like, why the F did we give this guy all this money the dude who was playing before him was way better. Not a little bit better, way better than him. He's got to live up to that contract. Most fans think he's a perv and a creep. I just think it's a lot. I just think it's a ton. And I just don't think that's an easy thing to bounce back from. I also think his head coach is pretty bad, uh, is a below average coach, is a liability, or puts you at a competitive disadvantage. Yeah, I'm just not buying the Browns at all. I think they're a double-digit loss team again this year. So there's such a wide range on them, and I hate preseason stuff. I just hate it. I hate meaningless sports. I don't like spring training baseball. I don't I don't like exhibitions. It's just, it's just terrible. But I, I thought that if there was one guy that we needed to have a consensus on coming out of preseason in the entire NFL, it was Deshaun Watson. I, f- I felt like I needed to hear every Browns reporter be like, he looks awesome and see like the Kenny Pickett preseason stat line for Deshaun Watson and see the dude who, when he was 23 or 24 years old in a Bill O'Brien system 
flirting with 5,000 passing yards and running all over the, the field and making just like magician-like plays. And it's been very inconsistent. There's been like, he had a good day. He had a bad day. It hasn't looked that sharp. And I've, I'll hand up. I've been surprised by that because I thought that everything that you said is what we saw with our eyes last year, but it made sense to me. Like on just like a human level, it made sense that with 700 days off from football, new city, new contract, target on his back, immense pressure, you know, Tiger Woods wasn't as good of a golfer once he had to stop having sex with Perkins waitresses. Like he was adjusting to his life. You know what I mean? Like it, it took him a while to recalibrate to what he was. So that all made sense for me for why Deshaun Watson was bad last year. I don't really get why he would be bad this year. Like I, Amari Cooper, Njoku, Chubb, Elijah Moore, that should be enough. Decent offensive line. I it sh- he he did plenty. He did more with less in Houston before the whole thing, and he, he was a different be- guy then. He was no, a different I, person then. I know, but look, my point is, like we are waiting to see if Russell Wilson is truly cooked or if enough of the circumstances have changed where he can go back to being himself, I'm wondering if he got all that out of the way. He's now comfortable with who he is. Like, he's he's no longer embarrassed by the world knowing what his sexual proclivities are and you know and the the other guys have signed contracts and he he knows where the locker room is and he knows who the chef is at the browns facility you know what i mean like he's he's comfortable he's settled in he had that press conference where he was like it was it was repugnant it was not very becoming but he didn't seem ashamed anymore he didn't seem embarrassed he was like you guys have your narrative I know who I am. My teammates know who I am. My family knows who I am. And I'm comfortable with that. Like, there is something to me that thinks that Deshaun Watson, not as embracing the villain, I don't think he has that in him, but I do think that time heals all wounds. And I will be very surprised if it just completely left him for good. Like, Carson Wentz had a physical injury that stopped him from doing what he was able to do. That's not what happened with Deshaun Watson. I don't, I don't know that he'll ever get back to being a top five quarterback in the NFL because that's a tough list to crack. But I will be surprised if Deshaun Watson is just done being a good football player because time from the scandal should help him return to normalcy. The Denver Broncos are next, Danny. Does Russell Wilson have a season that's a rebound or bounce back like Jared Goff last year in Detroit? Or is this Matt Ryan and he just melts before our eyes like a popsicle in 101 degree heat. I am rooting for the latter. He was fun to root against last year. I really enjoyed it. And I don't really love what it said about me about how much I enjoyed rooting against him. Like kind of a cornball, just kind of fake. I just, it was really fun. And it was fun to make fun of Nathaniel Hackett. So I know what I'm rooting for, which is, for it to continue to be a failure and a disaster of a contract and that Sean Payton can't solve it. So I don't know if this is a bad talk show host answer, but I'll split this one with you. He's not going to have 4,400 passing yards, 29 touchdowns and seven picks like Jared Goff, but he'll be closer to Jared Goff than Matt Ryan. I think Sean Payton's awesome. And even though they've had some terrible luck already, with Judy and Patrick and some of the injuries to the the skill position guys. I do I think Sutton is good. I think their defense is very good and I think that what Sean Payton said to USA today that he walked back about how it was one of the worst coaching jobs in the NFL. I think it was one of the worst coaching jobs in the NFL. And so I do think that Russell R- Wilson it did not just fall off a cliff at 32 33 years old. I You're think right. he's gonna, I think he's going to be fine. You're right, it didn't fall off a cliff. There were signs of him breaking down in Seattle the last couple of years there where his his numbers tailed off, and most people ignored that, and Denver did because they had been in the quarterback wasteland for so long that they were like, F it, we need a guy. We've got a defense that we can win a championship game. I mean, the stat about them and their record when they gave up fewer than 17 points last year is incredible. I mean, they were 
an, they were an amazing defense. Uh, they ran out of gas a little bit at the end of the year, but for the first 10 games, they were phenomenal. But now the coordinator's gone. It's a new system. I think that defense will take at least a step back, maybe more. Um, I'm not sure if Russell Wilson is actually the kind of quarterback that Sean Payton wants. I don't know. I've got the Taysom Hill stuff stuck in my head. I really do. You think like he, he took that job to to not give it a go for real with Russ? I think he They're feels like... They're locked into that contract, man. They are locked in. Well, I mean, we thought Green Bay was locked in to Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. I, I feel like teams are more willing to take on those huge dead cap hit situations for like a year. Yeah, but, they, but, but they got out of it because Rodgers is good. Well, look... <laughs> I'm I'm just telling you right now that I do have belief in Sean Payton, but I think this might end up being a square peg round hole situation. I don't think Russ is going to get rid of the ball and be as accurate as, as Drew Brees. I also don't think that he's like this running dual threat quarterback anymore. So I don't really, I, I, I think, you know what? I'm going to say this right now. I think Payton's going to get to a point this year where he's going to want to play Jared Stidham at quarterback. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Well, that would be a disaster. I do think the, the injuries to Judy and Patrick is not good. Like they they clearly needed they were clearly one of the biggest teams in the NFL that needed a fast start this year. All right, your Pittsburgh Steelers. Do you feel like you're on an island thinking that they're a real contender? Are you alone here? Well, isn't this one where I want to just volley it right back to you like we're at the U.S. Open? Like, yeah, I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the NFL this year. So I kind of want to go outside of my area code and see if somebody in another time zone shares my opinion of them. Now, Peter Schrager just came out after polling general managers and coaches and said, Kenny Pickett's going to be the breakout player of the 2023 season. So this is all over the place now. This I feel like I'm the Pied Piper of this movement, and now people are taking notice, Danny. Yeah, I mean, listen, the defense is awesome. The receivers, the Steelers always come up with good receivers. Running back is fungible. Yep. And Kenny Pickett looked incredible in the preseason. Peyton Manning would go winless in the preseason and then win a Super Bowl. Justin Fields had an amazing passing game last year in preseason game number three, and then they had the 32nd-ranked passing offense in the NFL. So preseason is not always an indicator of sure. what is going to happen, right, in in both in both directions. Um, the AFC is so good, and the AFC North is pretty damn good, that if they were in the NFC, I think that they would be in the conversation with, like, the Lions – for the third best team in the whole conference. You know, we'd be lumping them in with the Cowboys and the Lions. And those are obviously contenders to make the NFC Championship game because they're the third and fourth best teams in the conference behind Philly and San Francisco. 
But in the AFC, I'm sorry, I'm going to be late to this party. I just don't. Well, that's I don't. unfortunate because I've given you the VIP invite and you're just throwing it right back at me or ripping it in my face. I Yeah, I know. That's a shame. Okay. Okay. Are they are they deep enough offensively? Like, do they have enough different ways to put the ball into the yes? Outcome? I think they do. I mean, last year, 12 passing touchdowns is just embarrassingly bad, but they've got big, explosive, acrobatic, obscenely athletic plays by Pickens. Uh Johnson is a guy that gets open. Uh Austin is the deep threat. Sauce Gardner said he was the toughest guy he ever covered in college football. The line has gotten a lot better. Pickett's going to go and quadruple his touchdown total this year. I've got strong Eagles vibes with this team. I really do. Where you see that Jalen Hurts jump and you look at the roster around the player. There's no best offensive line in football. Yeah, I don't think the Steelers will be quite that good, but I think the Steelers defense is better than Philly's last year. Philly got a ton of pressure. But if you look past the pressure, there were some things like linebacker play and whatnot that left a little bit to be desired. The Steelers should have the best defense in the AFC this year. So you do that, you get a quarterback that goes from seven touchdowns to like 28. You really got something. They won nine games last year with Watt missing seven games. They're going to be really good. You picking them to beat the Bengals or to win the division over the Bengals? Yes. I bet it at plus 470. What's it at right now? Plus 470. Really? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, Danny, next up, Tennessee. Are they going to annoy the F out of us again this year? Yeah. Yeah. Because. So they're going to be relevant enough where we're like, this team, we have to talk about them and are they good and can they win the division and all okay. that stuff. For another you want to say year. something nice about Tennessee? Ryan Tannehill doesn't really seem to give a bleep. Like, that guy will go down slinging the football when he has no real business doing it, and he's not like a 50-pass-per-game guy. But, like, that guy believes. Like, I I absolutely – like it's like Mario Chalmers. Like, when, when he had Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, and he was like, hey, Spolstra, why do you never drop the, the game-winning shot for me? Like, I hit a pretty big one in college. And he's like, yeah, man, because we got LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. Like, I believe that Tannehill thinks when he gets into these games, like with Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes, that he absolutely believes that he can win a shootout with them. So that that's something. But yeah, man, a well-coached team with Derrick Henry as an ageless wonder, they've got a pretty damn high floor. But they, they're not going to win anything of relevance. And they're going to beat a good team every now and again. And then they're going to lose, you know, to the Colts by 17 and confound us and annoy us. Yeah, I don't I don't think that there's a team actually in terms of like how they're looking at this season. I think a fast start for them is imperative. I think if they if they start like one and three or one and four, I think they're going to have a quick trigger. And they're going to want to see what Levis can do or what Malik Willis can do. And I think that would also mean potentially a Derrick Henry trade. So I actually, and I, I think that I think those things will happen. So I think by about October 1st, we're going to be put out of our misery, Danny. Uh, Well, listen, a Derrick Henry trade would be fascinating. So I'm on board for that. What's their first, what's their first five? I thought you had that pulled up. I'm sorry. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you were the one who talked about the the, the fast start for the Tennessee. Ten- All right, oh, it's not that bad. In New Orleans, loss. <laughs> Home against the Chargers, loss. In Cleveland, loss. In you don't like Cleveland. I don't think the Titans are any good. Well, then I, then I can name any team. Uh, home against Cincy. Loss. Yeah, they're benching everybody. They're trading Derrick Henry. Okay. Uh, and then, then so, so benching uh, everybody, and then they'll start Will Levis in Indy? Yeah. For week five? And he'll win that. Yep, that'll be his first win. Danny, what's happened with Bill Belichick in New England? He cut all the quarterbacks. Now, I know they picked up Matt Corral, 
but he kept 11 offensive linemen. Uh, do you think that this is Belichick's last year as Patriots coach? No. No? No. Because does he seem like he would be happy doing anything else? He's going to be someone else's coach next year. No, he's not. Yes, that's my prediction. No, he's not. I think Josh Harris is going to hire him to be the Washington Commanders coach in Zara football. That would be amazing in terms of the storyline and the narrative and all of that. But you don't think that if he goes somewhere else, he go he wants to go to a team that has a quarterback? He's not. I think they'll same. be in position to draft one near the top. Oh, really? Yeah. I disagree. And I think the, I think the commanders are going are to be sneaky good. We'll get to that on an NFC podcast. Well, I just think with Belichick, if he was working for somebody else, I wouldn't push this narrative. But there's just all these reports about Robert Kraft at 83 years old getting annoyed with the Belichick personality and egotism and totalitarianism and everything else there. And it's just like, I don't want to put up with this guy anymore. Robert Kraft's going to let him out of his contract to coach against him. Why? The commanders are in the other conference. Who cares? I think Robert Kraft would care. He, I mean, Brady played somewhere else. His contract was up. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that they are going to just let. So if Robert Kraft doesn't, so if Robert Kraft doesn't like working with Bill Belichick anymore, he's just going to suck it up because he doesn't want to stomach the guy coaching somewhere he'd have else. To, he'd have he's to 83. He'd have I think to he will. Okay. Well, you know what? They won't fire him. Well, that's They'll what I'm saying. Mutual, I just can't see a world of mutual headlines, of ways. Patriots fire Bill Belichick. I can't see it. All right. I'll, I'll take the over on that. So they stomach six and 11 and he just is back next year. Yes. Wow. Yes. That is exactly what I think happens. Okay. Can the Raiders catch lightning in a bottle with Jimmy G? Or are we going to get Aiden O'Connell? I like the O'Connell kid a lot. I mean, you talk about the preseason things. PFF called him the biggest winner of the preseason. He has, he's just got like a Kirk Cousins vibe to him where as a mid-round pick, he just kind of knows where to go with the ball. I mean, he's not mobile like a Dak Prescott was as a fourth-round pick at all. But I honestly feel like if this were maybe the NFL 15 years ago, the guy might have been a first-round pick. Because he stands in the pocket, he makes good reads, he can deliver the ball downfield, and Garoppolo's going to get hurt. I kind of feel like they almost need that to happen in in Vegas. I don't know, like Mark Davis, how committed he is to to McDaniel's. I know it took a lot to get him there, and they brought in, they overhauled their whole front office. And also, like, isn't Brady somewhat involved there now with the Raiders? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just feel like O'Connell opened eyes in the preseason, and like they know what they're. Garoppolo can only take you so far. Yes. We know that. So, listen, I think McDaniel is a terrible coach. And I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is all that talented. But I saw this from, uh, I think his name's Scott Casimir. I'm not sure how you pronounce his last name. Casimir, great pitcher with the Rays and Mets. Yeah, and Scott Casimir was the pitcher. K-A-S-C-M-A-R is this guy. Yeah. That was like I cat The pitcher had a Z. Um, okay. So their win total is six and a half. And he made the argument for the Raiders over win total this year. Here's how he made it. The 2022 Raiders lost three games after leading by 17 plus points. Yep. Tying an NFL record held by the 03 Falcons and 2020 Chargers. The 2002 Raiders lost four games after leading by double digits at halftime, which is unbelievable. A new NFL regular season record. The 2022 Raiders lost five games after leading by double digits in the second half, a new regular season record. And the 2022 Raiders lost six games after leading in the fourth quarter, the most of any team last year. So, like, if maybe they're a seven or an eight win team with Jimmy Garoppolo and they hang around into the AFC wildcard picture for December because they're not as bad as we thought. And I think that that's enough for Jimmy G to play as long as he's healthy. Yeah, but I could also see with the way their defense is outside of Crosby. And, the, and, you know, Josh Jacobs is there now, which is, you know, obviously a big, big, big deal. 
Um, and and Devontae Adams is still incredible. Man. Yeah. I mean, look, I actually He's do. Incredible. I actually do. Like, if, if you told me Garoppolo was going to play 17 games, I think there is a scenario where they're a competitive team. They're just so bad in their secondary that in the AFC, I just think that unless – but don't Crosby. forget they 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 drafted uh, our guy. They drafted Tyree Wilson, and they have Chandler Jones. No, I know that, but I'm saying they're counting on Marcus Peters to be like their top corner there. I mean, their 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 say their defensive secondary play might be the worst in the entire league, and they're in like the the worst place yes. for that. They're playing they're four the games against the Chargers in Chiefs, so. Uh, I think that they're a casualty of the AFC being so weak. In the NFC, I think they could win seven games, no problem. The AFC but, being so strong, yeah. Yeah. Um, we got two teams left, Colts and Texans. We got to do the Jonathan Taylor one with the Colts. Your take on how the saga has gone down with him. Sucks, man. Like, Why did I, the Packers want to trade for him? What the F is that all about? They've already got Dylan and Jones. That is stupid. I it's I don't believe it though because it's so dumb. I will say, like, I want good players to play, and Jonathan Taylor's a good player in his prime. And so, like, this is one of those situations where, of course, I understand why he's upset. Of course, I do. It's his time to get paid. He was a monster a couple of years ago. He's offended by how the negotiations went. He's offended. Uh, on behalf of the position, he's drawn a line in the sand. He's put his chips in the middle. I'll mix my analogies. They've called his bluff. They've called your bluff, man. They called your bluff. What move do you have? If someone trades for you, they're not going to also give you a contract because they could just also force you to play. You, you've done an admirable job of like making your point. Now, they haven't met him halfway. They haven't done like an extra incentive package like the Giants did for Saquon, but he's not coming off of a great year like Saquon is. So, and I don't believe that he's truly a game changing player because I don't believe he's a, because I don't think he's a dual threat guy, you know? So I just, I, I admire the pride of it. I admire the ego of it. I even admire the principle of it. But he lost. And the sooner he comes to understand that he lost, the better he'll be. Now, with the pup list thing, or the uh, the the IR thing with four-game designation, he only needs to, as long as he passes his physical, he only needs to play two games to accrue a full season. So I do think it's in play, unfortunately, that he gets so stubborn that all of a sudden he's got like a nagging hamstring injury, and we see Jonathan Taylor for like a handful of games this Let season. Let me ask you a question with that rule. What if he's in? What if he's a coach's decision, inactive on game days? Like, uh, I, th- I don't know about that. I, I assume that would like you mean like, hey man, if you are faking this injury, we're just going to not play you and not let you. I just, if, if, I mean, I would assume that the, that Ballard and Ursay know that rule and, and think that that's a possibility, and I could see them not giving him a chance to even play the two games. Like, yeah. This is really ugly. I think he, if it were flipped, if he had the great year, if he had the 2021 season in 2022, I would understand his position, but he didn't. Right. And, exactly. and, it, and it, and it brought up all the questions about running back dependency on offensive line play and everything else. And what's around a guy. And so that's the issue. Like, I also think timing if he had come out and made this stand in like March or April before the draft, uh, I think the Colts might have traded him for like a second round pick. I don't think they would have made like the give us Jalen Waddle demands. I think they would have been more reasonable about it. You might be right. The You think the Texans are going to regret the Will Anderson trade? Will they be bad enough that when the draft rolls around, they regret it? Yes, I do. I absolutely do. I think C.J. Stroud is actually Mac Jones 2.0. Well, uh, he's listen. He he was mobile in the Georgia game, and no, that's no it. One else. And no one ever bring. It's like the weirdest thing. No one. No, but hold on a second. He 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 was he was mobile in the Georgia game because he needed to be mobile in the Georgia game. 
and he did not need to be mobile against Northwestern in the Big Ten. I don't believe that C.J. Stroud is going to be a statue in the NFL like Mac Jones. Why would he be? Well, wait a second here. They've got one of the great offensive minds in the entire sport. If if the coach there, Ryan Day, thought that Stroud, what? Justin Fields didn't run for Ryan Day. What do you mean he Justin didn't Fields run? almost set the NFL. He, he, had like, he had less than 500 rushing yards per year in college. Stroud in his entire career had like 130 rushing yards, Danny. That's it. No, I, I understand that, but my point is, is that Justin Fields just almost set the NFL single season rushing record, and he didn't run the ball for Ryan Day because they have they have receivers that go in the first round every year, and they got the best offensive line. Well, that in the makes conference. my Mac Jones analogy even better because that's what Mac Jones had at Alabama. They were flush with weapons all around him. All he had to do was throw to the ball to wide receivers like that. He'll never play with a group of wide receivers in Houston like he played at Ohio State. That wide receiver room with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. and those guys and Garrett Wilson and Alave, he'll never sniff that. He's going to have to throw to Nico Collins this year. Oh, listen, I think it's going to be a disaster. Like it's, I'm pushing back on the idea that stylistically Stroud and Mac Jones are similar. He's a pocket quarterback. Say again? He's a pocket quarterback. I think you'll be surprised. I think you'll be. I think you'll be. I think you'll be a little surprised by that. Uh, but I do think that they're going to be bad, and I do think that the Cardinals are going to have two picks in the top five. So in that in that world, they will probably regret the trade, and Texans fans will be very upset because I don't think Will Anderson will make enough of an impact this year to make them regret it. And the AFC is too damn good. So Danny, I do we think got every team in here, buddy. We did a good job with the AFC in one hour. One yep. hour. All right. Well. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Thanks to Mike filling in for Spencer. Uh, Our next episode, we will do the same thing for every NFC team. First and pod. Peace. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus